Project Haryag, Day 51, Mitzvah Shin Lamed Gimel, and that the Mitzvah learn Navid or Eretz B'Shas Yevel, we're going to do work during the Yevel, just like we're going to work during the Shemitah. The Pasuk says, Let Israel, Sarkha Let Israel, when a person can't plant a field, and just like that applies not just to the ground but also to trees, similarly it will apply during the Yevel. The reason is the same as the reason. As Shemitah, Hashem wants to show and remind us that the world belongs to Him. And how the mitzvahs apply would be the same way as they apply during Shviz. Similarly, mitzvah Shina Medalit, that is, one can't harvest the sviach, or the plant which grown one's ground, during Yevil. Similarly, the way that a person can't harvest his, plant, his crops during Shviz. And then again, on the rice level, that means. One can't harvest them and keep them for oneself. One has to take and leave other people to take. And take in a way which doesn't show as an owner, but as everybody else would do that. And as we saw there, the amount that a person is allowed to take is limited and one's not allowed to stockpile food from Shviz or from the oven. Mitzvah Shin And that is, a person can't gather the fruits of the trees, just like you can't gather the, the plants which grow from the ground and as by Shviz it doesn't mean one's not allowed to eat them it's just a question of how how much the person is allowed to take from them Mitzvah Shin Lamed Vav and that's the Mitzvah of implementing the Dinim which apply between buyer and seller which even though we've already seen a number of times the Torah tells us about Mitzvahs between two parties who disagree. There's a special chiyuv when it comes to understanding the halachas or applying them of the relationship of a buyer and a seller and what the obligations are to each other. And the reason for that, the chiyuv tells us a big principle, and that is very often the Torah will repeat a concept many times. And that's because it was so shriach, it was so common, it was such an important thing which needed repeating. And therefore, since here, the, the fact that people do business with each other and buy and sell, the Kinnah says people wouldn't be able to go a day without some kind of transaction. And therefore, the halavas which apply to the buyer and the seller are much more prevalent. And therefore, just like we find that the Torah will sometimes repeat uh, Isra on a general case and then apply to a specific case because that's more prevalent so, such as there are 44 times in the Torah it warns us against serving of a any form of a and then in specific mitzvah singles out of a of Molech the reason says the Chinuch is more prevalent or when it comes to Shabbos that the Torah warns many times against the Mechal Shabbos and singles out two Melachas Either Hitzah, which is carrying, or Latin fires, because as a Chinuch, those were more prevalent. So, similarly, even in uh, the general myths in the Torah regarding uh, cases of financial matters between people, when it comes to buying and sell- selling, since that's so much more common, therefore there's a specific mitzvah here in the Torah, and that is to settle disputes between buyers and sellers. The reason for it is obvious, like all the Dile Mominus, and that is that it establishes a fair base for society to operate on. Now, when it's applicable to the Dile Mitzvah, 
is a concept which we have called Kenyanim, which means how somebody acquires or takes possession of something which belongs to somebody else. There's one kind of Kenyan which works for people, such as slaves. There's one kind of Kenyan which works for property. And there's a different kind of Kenyan which works for movable objects called metaltonim. The halacha is that slaves or people are acquired either with cash, which one pays for them, or with a shtar, or with a chazaka, which means a person treats them and acts, they act towards them as a slave would to their owner. Similarly, uh, property can be bought with kasef, which is money, or with a shtar, a document detailing the sale, or chazaka, which means a person takes possession of the, of the property and uses it as an owner would in his property. However, when it comes to movable items, so we, we understand that there are other kinyanim, other ways of acquiring besides for the ones which work for grounds and for people. These are either lifting it up, which is called hagbar, transferring it, which is called mashikha, or taking the reins in the case of an animal, for example, which is called masira. The Chinook's opinion, he writes, the ain sofik kiela kniyas kulam itakanis kachamimim, that all the kinyanim are made rabban. And even though the psukim, which can be used to prove these kinyanim, he says, The wisdom which the letter revealed, it was alluded to or hinted to in the psukim, even though that's not what the Pasuk is coming directly to teach, and therefore it's considered a dindrabon. Now, for example, when it comes to metaltonin, just paying for something with money doesn't yet affect the Kenyan. There's an argument in the Gemara, and that's on a Daraisa level, that one needs to do a Maisa Kenyan, or on the Drabana level. And the reason that Drabana will institute that, the Gemara says, is, which means if a person has bought produce which belongs to someone else, but he hasn't yet taken the produce into his own domain, then if there would be a fire in the property of the seller, you would feel no reason to save the metaltonin, the produce which had been bought from him, because he's already received the money and it's no longer his. And therefore, Chachamim said that ownership is only transferred when the actual item is transferred, and therefore it puts the responsibility of guiding, the seller guiding what he's selling on him until the buyer takes possession. And therefore, if the metaltonin which are being bought are already in the property of the buyer for whatever reason. So then we'll go back to the Din Torah, and that is as soon as the Nokia pays money, it would belong to him, because here he would also be able to ensure their well-being, being as they're in his domain. Similarly, one's property is considered as, as if he's taking possession of it, and therefore someone which is put into his domain, where it, whether it's his property, is considered, is considered as it belongs to him, it's called Kenyan Chatzar, and, and as an extension of this, if it's something's put into his utensils, it's also considered his. In any place where he has a rishus to leave his kalim, to leave his utensils, then there will be coin or whatever falls inside of them. Even in the property of the seller, if he allows the buyer to put his kalim there in order to receive whatever he's buying, then it's considered that he's been calling them already because the moicher is happy for the 
so to speak, the buyer to use his property to put his coin in there in order to be coined with, so that way it will affect the sale. There is also a den that a person can hire property, which is really considered sale for a certain amount of time. And in a case like that, when a person hires property, then it's now his and therefore can be used to acquire other things which have been placed inside it. Hagbar is a kinyan which is kind of anyway. When the buyer picks up the object he wants to acquire, it becomes his. Meshecha, which means that he takes it towards him, doesn't work in the Shusanabim or in a place which belongs to the seller. Meshecha will only work in a place which belongs to neither of them. Or in what's called the Simta, which means like an alley at the side of the Shusanabim, where people are allowed to leave their possessions, it doesn't interfere with where people are walking, in a place like that, then a person could do Meshecha. Mesera also only works in Shusarabim or in a property which doesn't belong to the seller. And uh, Mesera means transferring the reins, or in the case of a big ship, for example, the rope which pulls the ship. So, being as things which aren't easy to lift or to move, therefore, a transfer of the way to move or to lift it would be considered to be the Maisa Kenyan. There's another form of Kenyan as well, and that's called Khalipin, which was, the Potok tells us, was commonly done in Kla Yisrael, and that is to exchange or barter one thing for another. So just as a person could exchange one keli for another keli, or one animal for a different animal, and when the one takes the one animal, then automatically the second animal belongs to the other party. We find in the story of Boaz that Naloi, a shoe or maybe something which he wore in his hands, according to some opinions, was used as the means of doing Khalipin. And even though the Mishnah tells us that fruit or food can't be used for Khalipin, that means as the object of transfer. However, if a person wants to acquire fruit with the Khalipin of something else, that's possible to do. Even though metals can be used as khalipin, the Gemara says specifically a coin, a matbea, can't be used for khalipin because people don't intend to acquire the value of the weight of the metal, but rather the value imprinted on the coin, and that's something which could change depending on the fluctuations of currency, or in the olden days, depending on if the malchus, which means the ruling authority, would disqualify that coin. When it comes to coins, coins can't be used as a means to acquire Khalipin, and similarly, coins can't be acquired with Khalipin. This means that a person can't acquire physical money with Khalipin. However, if a person acquires an object with Khalipin, then of course he has to pay for its value. That's not money, that's just a worth. So, for example, if a person uses Khalipin to acquire fruit, he has to now pay the value of the fruit, because he's acquired the fruit. However, if a person wants to acquire a bag of coins, then he can't use Khalipin as a means of acquisition for physical coins of money. If a person would pay money in order to acquire an object, even though Chacham said that money doesn't work as a means of acquiring uh, metaltalin, movable objects, but nevertheless the Gemara says that the person who backs out of the deal will accept the Mishapara with some kind of uh, punishment which is threatened with that uh, Kodesh Baruch who pays back people who don't keep their commitments. 
the denim of who is able to buy and sell that a person has to be a godal or a bendas in order that he has the necessary understanding for his transactions to be valid. Similarly, it has to be clear what's being bought. It has to be something which belongs to the owner, something which exists, and something with suyum, something specific. Otherwise, there isn't enough clarity to make the sale valid. Similarly, a sale can be done with conditions attached, and then there's a knife, there's a condition in the sale that will have to be fulfilled in order for the sale to be valid. There is a Gemara which says that sometimes Chazal put things back to the Deraisa level and therefore they accepted money as a means of acquisition even without the Meshikha or transfer of the physical object. So for example, it says that four times a year if a person bought a certain amount of meat in an animal from the butcher, then the butcher would have to shek the animal in order to provide another piece of meat. It's talking about before Yom Tif. Similarly, there's a din of partnerships, and if a person buys on behalf of somebody else as a shliach, or as part of a partnership as a shutfus, there's also another category of sale, which means selling shtaros, which is either uh, loans, which a person can transfer by selling the shtar for the loan, and then there's a specific Kenyan for that, it's called Ksiba Masir, that a person has to countersign the shtar to give it and transfer it to someone else. Similarly, there's a din of Nechachtos, if the object which was bought wasn't what the, the buyer wanted to buy, or in the case of an animal that he bought a shaft that he finds afterwards that it has a trafer and therefore is not kosher to eat, are all facets of the salacha of the dinim which apply to transactions between buyers and sellers. This method applies in every place and every time to men who could be the Leonim to judge these cases. And if a Bastin either doesn't judge many cases or judges them wrongly, then a battle this mitzvah say. Mitzvah shin zayin, that's the mitzvah slaita say not to cheat someone else in business. Now the Jew it says when you buy and sell to your friends, I'll tell you don't, so to speak, cheat or take advantage of someone else. And that means that when a person buys movable objects from Taltalin, so then there's a dinner of a no, that you can't overcharge, for, as we'll see. However, by Karkos, this thing applies differently. Chazal also learned from this possible that if a person is going to do business, he should look to transact his business with another Jew, so that the other Jew will benefit as well. That's why it says, Chetim Kormim Kar, it should be Lamitacho. If a person wants to sell, it should be to his friends. If a person wants to buy, it should be from his friends. And this would apply both to Metaltalin and to Karkos. Even though the Isur, not to overcharge someone, applies both to movable objects as well as property, however, there's a difference, and that is what the Gemara tells us that there's a Shiro Na of a Sikh, and that if a person overcharges or undercharges more than a Sikh, then the sale is nullified, but that only applies to metallic and back cost. We would say if a person is overcharged even if it's more than a sixth, the sale is still a valid sale, and that is because property remains and has an intrinsic value, different to metaltalin. The halach is that the dinner we know overcharging applies both ways, and therefore if the seller overcharges for an item, if it's exactly a sixth more than its market value, he has to return the difference. If it's more than a sixth, then the, deal, the sale is bottled and he has to return the money and take back his item. 
it applies the other way around as well, and therefore, that, therefore if the buyer pays a sixth under its value, he has to return the difference, and if it's more than that, then the sale is bottle, and they have to both return what they did. However, this is to the advantage of the aggrieved party, and therefore, if the prices would change or something else would happen, and the one who overcharged would want to undo the sale, he wouldn't be entitled to, it's the prerogative of the one who was overcharged, or who, pay, who was paid too little, to demand a refund or a retraction of the sale. If he wants to keep the sale the way it was, he's entitled to do that. Also, Chazal gave a specific time frame that a person is allowed to come back to claim he's been overcharged, or in the case of the seller, underpaid. He doesn't have that right forever. And the amount of time is the amount of time he has to show other people and to verify with them if the price that he paid was a fair price. This would make a difference if he was in a city where he had other people to ask, or in a village, in which case we have to give him time to go to the city and verify the truth price over there. That applies to money or other things where one would need a professional to tell how much the money may be worth, if it's worn down a little bit, or how much its currency exchange rate is. When it applies to other metaltalin, then as soon as a person can ask other people and hear from them whether they think it's a fair price, regardless of whether it's in the city or in a town, that will be the share that he has in order to return it and claim that he's been overcharged. After this amount of time, the halacha doesn't require the seller to undo the sale. However, says the chinuch, it's a minus chasidus, it's the proper thing to do, that if you come and claim he's been overcharged, to reimburse him or return the item and the money. This applies to the buyer. As far as the seller goes, he can always claim that he's underpaid. And the reason for that is, is once he's sold the item, he doesn't have it to ask someone else its true value. And therefore, it could be only much later he'll find out that he's been underpaid. And it doesn't mean that because he didn't come to complain immediately, that he was moichel and he forgave the debt. Mechinuch adds that if a person is buying not from a sale or from a seller, but rather from a private individual who's selling in his house, there's no debt of enough, because if a person's selling his own furniture, the value he gives it is, is, is the value that it's worth. If a person wants to pay that, there isn't necessarily a market price. Never people know that they're going to have to pay whatever the seller wants to sell for. Now, there's a second in here as well. And that is a certain things which I know doesn't apply to, such as karka, property and slaves. And also a star is a person selling a chiyuv on a star. So being as it's not the, the, the value of the star, it's more the debt which comes because a person's holding the proof to recover that debt. So the dinner of Allah doesn't apply here. The person changes the amounts. In other words, he gave less of a weight or measure volume then was agreed upon either way then there'll always be a no the din of a no which is based on the sixth is the, the value not the amount the Gemara also gives an option that a person can avoid the din of a no by saying and making a condition with the buyer or the seller that the price we are agreeing to pay even if it may be within the category of a no but it's understood that the person is allowed to Michael writes that he gives him regarding money and therefore, he can be moichel, his right to demand back a refund or a change of the sale because of enough. The reason for the mitzvah, as it says the chiluch, logical, because this way it allows everybody to enjoy fairly what HaKadosh Baruch gave them. And everyone gains from the fact that there's a fair method of trade.
And if it stops one person who's more sly or able to trick or cheat other people, being able to take advantage of other people. This mitzvah applies in every place in time, both to men and to ladies. And if a person is over in this and does cheat his friend or overcharge him, so like we saw, if it's uh, six or more than that, the other person can demand a refund or retraction of the sale. However, if it's less than the six, one has no complaints. There is a allowance for a seller to make a certain profit margin on what he's selling. Even if a person would be over on this lab, there'd be no markets because the way to make good what he did wrong was to pay is to return the difference in money.